Hello everyone, welcome to your weekly tech update, episode 75. Can you believe it? Celebrating 75 episodes today, we're talking robots. So many robots. The best robot stories out of the past 75 episodes coming up next right here on your weekly tech update. Spot Mini, Boston Dynamics' agile four-legged robot will go on sale next year for companies that want a mechanical quadruped to get to places a wheeled device just can't reach. Boston Dynamics has 10 Spot Mini prototypes now and will work with manufacturing partners to build up to 100 by this year or the year's end. Who will buy it? Well, probably not you, at least not to start. They didn't reveal price plans, but said that the Spot Mini robot could be useful for security patrols or for helping construction companies keep tabs on what's happening at building sites. That pretty much means that it's not going to be cheap. Spot Mini can be customized with attachments and extra software for particular jobs. Eventually, though, the company hopes to sell it for use in people's homes. Most places have somewhere that wheels don't get you. Boston Dynamics thinks that Spot Mini can go to a much larger fraction of places. One request Boston Dynamic gets is for a leg device that can carry wheelchair-bound people on more demanding terrain, such as a hike through the wilderness. They're not actively working on that one yet, but you never know. They're definitely capable of it. Boston Dynamics showed it can teach its new dog new tricks, demonstrating its Spot Mini autonomous navigation. The robot uses its four cameras to figure out where obstacles are and how to avoid them. That includes walking up steps without bumping into the railings. In the long run, robots could be more important than the internet, and you'll be able to purchase your very own next year for enough cash anyway. Thanks to 3D printing, the fabrication of prosthetic arms, lightweight EV parts, and even space travel have benefited from lower costs of production. Eager to build on that is the team at uh, MIT, a team of researchers in the Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, also known as CSAIL. They've built a fleet of self-driving boats that could provide a tantalizing glimpse into the future of autonomous transportation. Unlike the uh, curvature of a regular boat, these 3D printed boats adopt a rectangular structure a deliberate design that could allow them to move sideways or any direction they need, attach to other objects and potentially reassemble into floating bridges or platforms for floating music events and mobile food markets. To bring them to life, researchers printed a rectangular hole and connected 16 different sections together. They're agile and resistant to force, thanks to four conveniently positioned thrusters, and can smoothly skim across water. Each one measures four by two meters in size. It's fitted with a power supply, mobile and radio frequency beacons, and a Wi-Fi antenna. Imagine shifting some infrastructure services that usually take place during the day on the road, uh, deliveries, garbage management, waste management, to the middle of the night, and on the water using a fleet of these autonomous boats. 
There's still work to be done before these boats hit waterways. The team acknowledges that mass discrepancies between people and ferried goods need to be accounted for. Transferring the 3D designs into a real-world situation will require extensive testing, particularly positioning and orientation. Trials are already being carried out on a small scale. However, the challenge now is to see whether the algorithm controlling these 3D boats will still function accurately as their size increases. In this week's robotic news, this is awesome. Humans can be great acrobats, but what about Disney robots? Disney Research has one such human-scale robot called Stickman because it's literally just a robotic stick that is capable of aerial acrobatics like backflips. Just as certain human inventions take after nature like body armor, it seems as if robots can take after humans. During a full backflip maneuver, Stickman swings from a ceiling-mounted wire 19 feet above ground, tucked into a ball at peak height and executes the stunt. Stretched out, Stickman measures seven feet tall, or as the Disney research paper puts it, to approximate the height of a human stunt performer with arms raised above his or her head. Although it's worth noting most gymnasts are nowhere near seven feet tall. Inertial motion sensing, a trio of laser rangefinders, and computer vision enable Stickman to pull off these stunts, but also ensure its safety by landing onto a mat. It's not much now, but the possibility of robot gymnastics and parkour is, in fact, becoming a reality. Boston Dynamics humanoid robot performed a successful backflip last year, too, and I'm sure it's just the start. Typically, engineers want to get bugs out of their creations. Not so for the UK engineering firm Rolls-Royce, however. It's looking for a way to get bugs into the aircraft engines that it builds. These bugs aren't software glitches or even actual insects. They're tiny robots modeled after the cockroach. Recently, Rolls-Royce shared the latest developments in its research into cockroach-like robots at the Farnborough International Air Show. Rolls-Royce believes these tiny insect-inspired robots will save engineers time by serving as their eyes and hands within the tight confines of airplane engines. According to a report by The Next Web, the company plans to mount a camera on each bot to allow engineers to see what's going on inside an engine without having to take it apart. Rolls-Royce thinks it could even train its cockroach-like robots to complete repairs. They could go off scuttling around reaching all different parts of the combustion chamber. If done conventionally, it would take about five hours. With these little robots, though, who knows, it could take five minutes if programmed correctly. Rolls-Royce has already created prototypes of the little bot with the help of robotics experts from Harvard University and University of Nottingham but they are still too large for the company's intended use. The goal is to scale the roach-like robots down to a 
size about a half an inch tall and weigh just a few ounces, which a Rolls-Royce representative said should be possible within the next couple of years. A team of British engineers are building lifelike robots that can dance, talk in several languages, and even scare London pub goers. Engineering Arts, founded in 2004, is a world leader in life-sized, commercially available humanoid robots. With prices ranging from $13,000 to $80,000, the high-end robots are used for entertainment, information, education, and research. The company currently offers three commercially available products, Robo Thespian, Soshibot, and the Soshibot Mini. It's top of the range Android, the fully interactive and multilingual Robo Thespian has been sold and displayed around the world quite a few times now. It even succeeded in giving a 15-minute long TED Talk recently. You can check that out on YouTube. In many places, it has been joined by the smaller Soshibot at science centers, theme parks, and visitor attractions. Now, many academic and commercial research groups are also using the robots as research and development platforms. Engineering Arts is also developing new robots it's been developing a range of lifelike biomechanical mesmer robots that builds on the sensors and the extensive software framework already developed for the Robo Thespian. Mesmer robots offer some of the smartest animatronics on the market, giving extensive interaction, but can also move very smoothly, quietly, and naturally, too. Last month, the company developed Fred, a one-off automaton that frightened punters in a London pub. The robot, described as indistinguishable from humans, was created as part of a stunt to promote TV series Westworld. The hyper-realistic robot, modeled to be an exact replica of London-based actor Tedroy Newell, sat down for a refreshing lager at the Prince Alfred pub recently. Engineering Arts built Fred in 12 weeks. Fred's human-like interactions were controlled by engineered arts telepresence systems, which uses inbuilt sensors, cameras, and microphones to track how people interact with the machine. Fred was funded by streaming service Now TV to promote the return of dark science fiction show Westworld and was inspired by the show's artificially intelligent hosts. Fred is the next generation in human-like robotics, and so it seems fitting to hand the show's promotion over to him. Needless to say, there were some stunned reactions, especially when in true Westworld style, he started to glitch out. We learned last week that Honda is putting Osimo out to pasture so to speak. Which is a little sad, but not too sad. Honda is doing this because they want to instead focus on the other, more useful humanoid robots that they've been working on recently, like the E2DR. Honda learned a lot about humanoid robotics from Osimo, and even though we haven't seen Osimo do much in the way of new stuff over the past couple of years, the robot has still been under active development or at least it was as of 2017, when Honda was teaching it how to handle human abuse. Nobody likes to see robots getting pushed or kicked, but we can make exceptions when roboticists are doing it for research-related reasons. 
For example, to demonstrate how resilient their quadrupeds or humanoids are by trying to shove them over. Boston Dynamics is famous for this, but Atlas is not the only humanoid talented enough to mostly keep itself upright in response to aggressive prodding. Honda Research presented a rare look inside Osimo, both literally and figuratively. They've been working on teaching Osimo creative ways of handling shoves by making dynamic transitions from standing or walking to hopping or jogging when necessary to keep its balance, just like humans do. What you're watching in the video is Osimo recovering from two shoves. One is the forward direction, and then one in the lateral direction. Shove recovery for humanoids in general is accomplished by keeping your center of gravity within the area that your feet are able to support. To recover from a forward or backward shove, most people take a step or a series of steps proportional to how hard the shove was. A stronger shove requires a bigger step from you or smaller steps to keep your torso mostly above leg and foot. However, if the shove is too strong, the necessary step length becomes larger than you can actually do, and uh, you simply fall over. Now, for robots, this usually means a face plant. Honda's new strategy, however, with Osimo is to take longer and faster steps to recover from bigger shoves by transitioning to a running gait, which is exactly what humans do if we need to. The hopping comes in when Osimo is shoved laterally in the direction while it's walking. In this case, the robot can't move the leg that it's using to support itself, and that leg is also blocking the other leg from being used, which requires the hopping motion. The video shows everything working flawlessly, as videos attached to papers usually do. But the researchers are perfectly honest about how well this actually works, noting that the robot fell over many times in the same kind of experiments. In particular, they need to speed up gait planning and also improve the robot's hopping motion to make things robust. Just like with humans, though, there's a finite magnitude of shove that we can physically handle without falling over. And our last-ditch tactic to prevent ground contact is to catch ourselves with our arms. Even if we don't see anything new from Osimo going forward, we'll be able to look at behaviors like these in Honda's future robots and remember where they came from. The Lockheed Martin Onyx-powered lower body exoskeleton can increase mobility and reduce fatigue of its users. Onyx detects what the body is doing and provides support all at the exact time it's needed. Sensors distributed on the exoskeleton report speed, direction, and angle of movement, and an onboard computer that drives electromechanical actuators at the knees all work synchronously. The exoskeleton delivers the right torque at the right time to assist knee flex and extension. Onyx sounds awesome. It ultimately reduces the energy needed to cross terrain, uh, squat, and kneel. These benefits 
are most noticeable when ascending or descending stairs or navigating inclined surfaces. Now, Onyx syncs up with its user. It takes about 75 milliseconds for the human body to go from thought to action. Speeding up Onyx will improve the impact on human endurance. Currently, it has improved endurance by 9% and the powered system lasts for about 16 hours when using four batteries. The Onyx system weighs less than 14 pounds. The current net benefit is a soldier who could normally perform 26 reps of 185 pound squats, could get this perform 72 similar reps while wearing this device. Lockheed is currently working on hardening the components so they can withstand battlefield use, improving the harnessing so it's even more discreet and unobtrusive, and tweaking the fitting process to ensure that soldiers can properly adjust it without tools. Onyx will soon use a common electromechanical structure and control software, which will be customized for firefighting, logistics, and military load transport. Onyx is being upgraded to use military specification batteries that are approved for infantry use. A robotic third arm appears to be highly useful as well. The U.S. Army Research Laboratory is developing it. It weighs less than four pounds, hangs at a soldier's side, and stabilizes rifles and machine guns. It lifts over 27 pounds all on its own. No word on when we will see this technology, but it sounds like we won't have to wait too long. Think you have good coordination? Well, you're probably not as agile as MIT's Cheetah 3 robot. In a new video, MIT demonstrates how the 90-pound robot, which is about the size of a full-grown Labrador dog, can climb a flight of stairs littered with obstacles like rolls of tape and wooden blocks while blind. Cheetah 3 can also gallop, jump, spin around, and walk on three legs, all without relying on cameras or external environmental sensors. There are many unexpected behaviors the robot should be able to handle without relying too much on vision. Vision can be noisy, slightly inaccurate, and sometimes not available. So researchers want the robot to rely more on tactile information. That way, it can handle unexpected obstacles while moving fast. The team developed two new algorithms, which allow Cheetah to blindly walk up clustered staircases, gallop across rough terrain, and quickly recover its balance after being pushed. MIT researchers plan to show off the robot's vision-free capabilities at the International Conference on Intelligent Robots in Madrid, coming up in October. Cheetah 3 is designed to carry out dangerous tasks like inspecting power plants or exploring disaster zones. There are countless occasions where we would want to send robots to do simple tasks instead of humans. Dangerous, dirty, and difficult work can be done much more safely through remote-controlled robots than sending in a real-life person. One of the things that we learned from the DARPA Robotics Challenge is that it's useful for robots to have legs to walk, but it's even more useful for robots to be versatile and adaptive with multi-model locomotion capabilities that they can deploy depending on the situation. At the DRC, we saw all kinds of different designs, but one of the more unique approaches came from the University of Bonn in Germany with their robot, Mamaro. Mamaro used a Centaur design 
with four legs that had wheels on the bottom coupled to a humanoid upper torso with a head and arms. It was the top-ranked European robot in the DRC, completing an almost perfect run in just 34 minutes. We've since been wondering whether the Centaur design would inspire other disaster robots, and now we have the answer. And it's yes. A consortium of European research groups announced a new Centaur robot platform called, appropriately enough, Centauro. The robot was built at the Italian Institute of Technology. The project is part of the Centauro Consortium, funded by the European Commission and coordinated by researchers from the University of Bonn, the same group that developed Mamaro. The goal of Centauro is building a human-robot symbiotic system where a human operator is telepresent with its whole body in a centaur-like robot, which is capable of robust locomotion and dexterous manipulation in the rough terrain and uh, conditions characteristic of disasters. From the look of things, Centauro shares the same kind of rugged capabilities we've seen in other IIT robots, meaning that this could be a robot that manages to be both a research tool and real-world useful. At 1.5 meters tall and weighing 93 kilograms, Centauro is both larger and somehow more agile than the video might make it seem. It's made of lightweight metals like aluminum, magnesium, and titanium with skins of 3D printed plastic. Inside are a trio of computers to handle perception, control, and motion planning, along with enough batteries to keep Centauro moving for 2.5 hours at a time. The idea is that this combination of quadruped and humanoid optimizes both stability and mobility while allowing a remote human operator to much more intuitively control the robot's arms and head, since everything is oriented in a familiar way. We're looking forward to seeing more of how Centauro integrates full autonomy, supervised autonomy, and telepresence control with hardware this capable, well, the robot may be limited primarily by what it's smart enough to do, along with the interface that lets a human control it directly. Hopefully, we'll start seeing more demos from IIT to get a better sense of all the cool stuff that Centauro will be learning. Got some spare time this weekend? Why not build yourself a working rover from plans provided by NASA? The SpaceNicks at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory have all the plans, code, and materials for you to pursue and use. Just make sure you've got an extra 2,500 bucks and a bit of engineering know-how. This thing isn't made out of Lincoln Logs. The story is this. After Curiosity landed on Mars, JPL wanted to create something a little smaller and less complex that it could use for educational purposes. So they created Rove E. That's what they're calling it anyway. It traveled with JPL staff throughout the country and showed off what it was capable of. Unsurprisingly, among the many questions asked was often whether a class group could actually build one of their very own. The answer, unfortunately, was no. Though far less expensive and complex than a real Mars rover, Rovi was still too expensive and complex to be a class project. 
So JPL engineers decided to go back to the drawing board and build one that was less expensive. The result is the JPL Open Source Rover, a set of plans that mimic the key components of Curiosity, but are simpler and use off-the-shelf components. There's flexibility built into the plans too, so you can load custom apps, connect payloads and sensors all to the brain, and modify the mechanics however you'd like. It's open source after all, so make it your own. For more information, head on over to opensourcerover.jpl.nasa. Gov. Thanks for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think I should feature on the program, shoot me an email, djraymcneil at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at your weekly tech update and check out our podcast, audio and video versions available on iTunes, Google, Spotify, and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world.